Hi ladies, Anna Sophie here and welcome to the PCOS Trainer Podcast. We're going to talk about all things PCOS, fitness, how to achieve root cause resolution and how you can lose fat without cutting out gluten, without cutting out dairy and really optimizing your body through strength-based workouts. So keep on listening. I'm excited to share this episode with you. so excited for um, this workshop today because I wanted to dive in really deep around kind of metabolism. And I think this is something that like we talk about a lot, but I don't think we really have a clear understanding of, you know, how this truly impacts us. So um, give me two seconds while I pull up my presentation. Maybe you girls can just go around and share a little bit of what's going on with you, how you're feeling today. I, so just a forewarning, I'm making dinner, so I'm going to turn my camera on and off as I'm like switching all of my stuff around. <laughs> but um, hey, I am Sophia. I have been working with Anna for a long time now, actually. I've been working with her for maybe like almost two years come September, yeah, which is awesome. So I've been through a lot of phases with her. I've been through some, a cut. I've been through a phase where I've totally slowed down. I've been through a maintenance phase. And um, now I'm back in another cut and it's been really great. Um, I've had a really good day, which is great. I just got home from an hour and a half walk, which I really needed because I've been stuck at my computer all day. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Sophia. And I'm so glad you're here. Um, I'm so glad a couple girls in, in TFL are here because I think it'll give perspective to kind of, there's some people on this call that maybe haven't been through our program and, and are kind of embarking on a journey and maybe are dealing with some weight loss resistance or a tricky metabolism themselves. And then there's some girls in here that have kind of mastered that and been through it like you have and, and just want to continue leveling up and learning. So um, thanks for sharing that. Does anyone else have a share before I get into the presentation or anything? Um, even if you have pointers around like things that you want me to cover during this call, if you want to put that in the chat or, or unmute yourself, go ahead. Um, now's your time before I kind of go into the presentation. Anyone? Anyone? speak now or hold your peace. No, you can, you can always <laughs> go into the chat if you want to talk during the presentation. Um, at the end, I will also um, give time for Q&A. So I'm just going to mute all of you now, just so there's no distractions as I go into um, the juice and the content of today. So there's going to be so much um, learning here. I've poured my heart into this presentation for you girls and thinking about like, how can I take, because you guys know I talk all about um, weight loss, weight loss resistance, PCOS on my Instagram all the time. But how do I actually kind of educate you on how to apply this to yourself? Because I talk to a lot of women and they're telling me, hey, like I've embarked on this weight loss journey, but I just can't seem to get these results. Like, and, and I'm doing everything right. I'm following the diet. I'm doing this. So why isn't it working for me? Um, and that's what we're going to cover today. So you're going to learn today how um, I've helped over 250 women now, which is crazy, lose 10 to 25 pounds in just 12 weeks without doing any crazy hardcore diets, without killing their metabolism. And yes, for majority of women, that means not cutting out gluten or dairy. Now, I do want to put a little preface in here and just say that some women do actually have an allergy to gluten or dairy. So it's not like 
that's never the case. Like there are some cases where that is needed, but majority of women with PCOS do not need to cut out gluten and dairy, which I know kind of goes against the grain of what we're often heard and, um, and hear people talk about. So I want to go into that as well. But um, before I do that, I want to first, sorry guys, I'm still trying to figure out how I work. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and about um, TFL. So in TFL, there's Coach Jess and I, and we both work together to support you in all arenas of your life. And I'm a former PCOS yo-yo diet sufferer myself. So um, I turned into a health coach, a trainer, a weight loss nutritionist after I struggled for so many years. So I'm not one of those coaches out there that's like, hey, or, or your doctor where they're like, just cut your calories, just take this pill. Like, I've been through that. I know how frustrating it is. I know how difficult it is when someone's not listening or hearing to you when you struggle. Um, I've been through like the worst of it. And so I know like exactly the steps we need to do when your body isn't responding, when people are telling you, you know, do this, do that, and, and none of it's working, or when people aren't listening to you. Um, I know it's it's really defeating. So for me, I realized that the, the PCOS weight loss industry was completely broken. It was focused on these extremes that often made women feel worse than where they started because it just wasn't sustainable. So that's why Coach Jess and I have made it our mission to help women with PCOS lose weight without cutting in gluten, dairy, using evidence-based healing methods, um, and really addressing kind of your weight loss resistance from the root up. So instead of just medicating, instead of, you know, pushing, 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 we're really trying to heal so your body will respond. And, and I'll explain a little bit more of some of these methods in this call today. But thank you all for being here. Um, anyone that knew that just popped on, say hello in the chat. Um, I'd love to see where all of you are from, who are on here. Maybe you could share in the chat where you're from and a little bit about yourself so we can all get to know each other on this call. Also, I didn't put this in the about me because I was so busy talking about how I like helping you girls, but I am from all over the world. That's like the most common question I'm asked. I don't even know where I'm from at this point because I was born in England, grew up in America, lived in New Zealand, and now I'm in Bali, Indonesia. So I'm always hopping all over the planet. I have a big trip back to the States coming up soon next month as well. So I do relate to a lot of you that are on that side of the world. Um, but yeah, we're in polar opposite time zones, which is crazy. So Yay. Anyone, anyone want to share where they're from in the chat? I hope I have the right chat, chat message open. Sometimes it's a little delayed. Hi, Sophia. <laughs> Sophia's in New York City. We've got someone in Atlanta, Oregon. Love it. Most of the people I work with are in the state. Oh, Eileen's in Miami. We had a long chat about that the other day. What a crazy place. DC, Ohio. Oh, I think in this call, we could collectively almost have like the entire United States. I know we have a client that's in Hawaii too. I'm not sure if she's on. There's so many people on here. I can't, can't see, but we would even have Hawaii. Like that's crazy. <laughs> so, so excited you girls are here. And honestly, I, I think you're going to learn a lot. So um, without further ado, let's get into the stuff you really want to learn about which is going to be around how to reverse your symptoms, how to manage this. And I did want to say as well, I do have a gift for all of you. If you do stay to the end of this presentation, I will send you over um, a link to download a free 30 days of workouts and meals, as well as your symptom reverse playbook. So these are really useful resources in helping you to achieve that root cause resolution that you're looking for. 
And again, I can teach you the strategy in this call, but this is going to give you some actual action steps. And I think with both these pieces together, you'll see some amazing results after this. So, so yeah, so a bit of an overview of what we will be covering today. I want to talk about why 100% of diets are failing. I know that probably sounds pretty depressing, but how many of you have, you know, gone keto, cut out gluten, cut out all these things and maybe seen results in the short term, but then you gain the weight back and maybe even more. Oftentimes, that doesn't mean that the diet worked. If you can't sustain it, did that really work for you? Probably not, right? So I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about why dieting is the cause of hormone imbalance, why cutting foods out often causes fatigue and weight gain, why your workouts are leaving you fatter, developing even more of a a muffin top or belly, and why your lifestyle is often one of the biggest things that's causing fatigue and burnout. Now, I know a lot of you um, that were interested in joining today mentioned that some of the things I was going to talk about really resonated with you. So if you do feel like this resonates with you, or as I'm talking, questions come up, feel free to put them in the chat. I'll answer. Um, or like I said, I'll do a bit of a Q&A and, and go into more specifics for you towards the end of the call as well. So, so let's keep going then. So let's talk about what most people are doing wrong. And I think that when we understand what we're doing wrong, it can then give us a bit of a game plan of, of where to move forward. So most women with PCOS, when, when they're trying to lose weight, they go keto, they start cutting out gluten, they start cutting out dairy, they read online like, oh, this food is magically causing weight loss. So this thing is, is the thing that's stopping you. And it often leads to kind of this overwhelm of like, whoa, there's so much information. It's all conflicting. And you feel very restricted because you feel like nothing is allowed anymore. You feel like, oh, I can't even enjoy life because I can't have this. I can't eat with my family. I can't go out. And then on top of that, you start killing yourself with exhausting high intensity workouts, exhausting cardio sessions. And I'm sure this is like ringing a bell for many of you on this call right now. But this is unfortunately one of the things that kind of results in in failure because it's just not sustainable. When you feel so restricted, when you feel exhausted all the time, it tends to make your hormones worse. And when your hormones get worse, then you just spiral into a cycle of flare-ups with your PCOS, with your symptoms, weight starts resisting, you end up gaining more weight, and it's just not the solution. The truth is that we don't need to push ourselves harder and harder. We don't need to cut out foods. Um, What we need to do is reset our metabolism. And when I say reset, what I really mean is going into the root cause of why we're having symptoms in the first place and healing from the inside out. And when we heal from the inside out, which is not medicating, but really addressing the underlying factors that cause imbalance, that's when we get your body to truly start responding to the diet and training that you're already doing. Now, we will likely need to make some changes to your diet a little bit, um, but there is a place for flexibility. And this often means doing less cardio. It often means focusing on stress management and really addressing what the underlying triggers are for you. And everyone has a different trigger when it comes to PCOS. So understanding your PCOS type, understanding what symptomology comes up, understanding, you know, is it stress? Is it certain food? Is it inflammation that's causing this? When we figure that out, we can stop the triggers, we can get our body re-imbalanced, and we're able to actually enjoy like a more sustainable approach to weight loss, which is often the thing that kind of gets you stuck in the first place. So that's the truth when it comes to weight loss. And that's why oftentimes 
we struggle. And I'm wondering for any of you in here and keep, keep talking in the chat girls, but I'd love to know if any of you have felt stuck like this, if this is something you've been through, have you, have you tried those crazy hardcore diets where you've cut out gluten or dairy and, and has it worked for you? And I will say, and again, I'm completely honest with you girls. I've seen some people be successful cutting out gluten and dairy in the short run. But the thing is, it's not necessarily the gluten or dairy that's that's the demon here. It's really that we need to follow an anti-inflammatory lifestyle that's focused on whole foods. So again, if we cut gluten and dairy, we're usually removing a lot of those processed foods like pizza or pasta. So naturally you're following more of an anti-inflammatory diet, but there's ways to eat an anti-inflammatory diet that have those things in moderation. If you look at a Mediterranean style diet, like they eat in Greece, um, they often have things like pita bread or they have feta on their salads. It's still very anti-inflammatory. So I want you to realize it's not about these extremes. And oftentimes it's, it's about finding the right balance for you some people have celiac. They definitely can't eat gluten. So I'm not saying everyone should either, but I don't think it's a first line approach. And oftentimes when we come into something with a place of and mindset of restriction, it makes it very, very hard for us to actually sustain and, and really develop a new lifestyle because it's just not something that's enjoyable for you. Sophia put in the comments here, many times um, you've tried these extremes. It never worked. You went vegan, gained so much weight because I was eating so many carbs and didn't have any balance. You didn't know what to do. Yeah, exactly, Sophia. These 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 approaches. I'm totally on a tangent now, but I think you girls will, will really relate. But um, I really think that this diet industry is, is teaches us these extremes because that's what's sexy. That's what sells, right? Cut this food, try this fad diet. All the celebrities are doing it. That's what sells. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you the truth of how we do it. It's going to be easier than these extremes, but you are going to have to learn your body. And it's all about empowering your body. What is a sign, Daniel, this is a great question. What is a sign that something is tr a trigger and making your PCOS worse? So there's a few things we do to approach this um, with the clients that I work with. And typically what we do is we remove everything that has triggered you in the beginning through this metabolic reset. So we get your body to a point where there's no triggers anymore and you're feeling optimal. And then when we start reintroducing things in, we become aware of how your body feels. We track those symptoms. Um, a big thing that I love doing is I love um, tracking biofeedback in a weekly check-in. And for the girls that are in this call, they know that are in our program, they no, 100%. We, we look at how your body's feeling. How are you recovering? What symptoms are coming up? Um, how's your hunger levels? Is your body inflamed? Um, are your cravings up? All these things tend to be signs that something is triggering your PCOS. There can be other factors like your, like your hormones and your cycle, if it's that time of the month as well. Um, but that's why we look at everything and we coincide that with kind of the adjustments that we're making in your plan. All right, so let's keep going because there's a lot of information in here and I want to make sure that you girls are fully educated and, and get to this. So why are 100% of diets failing and why are you gaining the weight back? Well, most diets, as we talked about, are unsustainable, but not only are they unsustainable in a way where it's hard for you to actually stick to it, but they're actually decreasing your metabolic rate. And this is something when I was very new to fitness and dieting, I never understood this, but our metabolism is adaptive, particularly with PCOS. When you have PCOS, your body's adaptive to everything. That's why you do a diet for a week or two, and then it stops working. Your body has 
adapted. So it's not inherently a bad thing to be adaptive, although with PCOS, it can be quite adaptive to the point it's very frustrating. Um, but what really we need to understand here is that um, it's normal to adapt to some degree. So anyone that's in a diet, their metabolic rate is going to go down. So when you say my metabolism is, is low, it tends to be because you've actually ate low calories for a long, long period of time. So when these diets are unsustainable, when you're cutting all these foods out, when you're doing these extremes, your metabolic rate is equally going down at the same rate your calories are dropping, which means at the end of this diet, even if you were able to stick to this extreme for, say, 10 weeks or however long it takes to achieve your goal, your metabolism so low that when we come back up to our new maintenance calories, the metabolism is still all the way down here, which tells us that we're then going to gain weight as soon as the diet's over. So we need a way where we can lose weight while making sure we're adjusting for your metabolism. And it does often require being in a calorie deficit, but it also means actually addressing this metabolic side of things so that your body will continue responding without having to go to so many extremes. Because the harder we cut, especially in the beginning, the further and deeper we're going to have to go and the worse we're going to um, strain our metabolism, which is why we like to start with a high place of calories as often as possible. Now, on top of this, I want to talk and you guys, I'm going to get a little into more of a hormone side of things. Now, if you have no idea what these hormones are, that's okay. This can go through one ear and out the other. But I want to talk about thyroid as well, because women with PCOS are far more likely to have a thyroid condition at the same time. And a lot of people aren't aware of this. And this is why it's so important that we're still eating carbs because T4 and T3 conversion plays a very big role. So what is T4 and T3? Again, I, I want to try and simplify this as much as possible. T4 is your inactive thyroid and T3 is the active thyroid hormone. These play a very large role in your metabolism and your metabolic Right. So when you have low T4 to T3 conversion, it results in a lower metabolism. And that really impacts how much calories or how much food your body can consume. So what converts T4 to T3? Well, most of this happens in your liver and it requires glycogen. So how many carbs you eat actually plays a very big role in your T4 to T3 conversion. This is why I'm not a big fan of cutting out carbs completely. It's often the worst solution because it drops your metabolism even further. Now, on top of this, we have to understand that your adrenals or your cortisol issues can negatively impact your thyroid as well. So if you're constantly stressed, your thyroid's going to be shot um, and low or even high levels of cortisol makes the body even more weight loss resistant. So the way the body handles carbs if you're stressed is going to be very different than how it handles carbs if you're not stressed, um, which can then trigger even more insulin resistance and making it very hard to have balanced glucose levels. So we can see here how, and, and this is one thing that's so important for me to educate you girls on, we think that, oh, I have this one type of PCOS, so now it's insulin resistance and that's my only issue. Like, no, the issue here is the insulin resistance plays, a, the stress plays a role in the insulin resistance, which plays a role in our gut health and our inflammation, which plays a role in our thyroid, which plays a role on our metabolism. And it's a cycle that goes around. And until we address all the different areas, we're always going to have a blunted metabolism. So very, very important to understand this. Um, I know that the T4, T3 can get a little confusing. Many of you might not know a ton about this. So I wanted to just briefly touch on that. Now, while I'm still talking about metabolism, I also want to explain about how metabolic dysfunction kind of works, because we hear this 
term thrown around like, oh, you have PCOS, you have a metabolic dysfunction. Um, but what does that really mean? Like, is my metabolism ruined? Like, why, why are things harder for me? Like, let's actually break down why. And the biggest thing to understand when it comes to your metabolism with PCOS is that calories in, calories out does still matter, but it just doesn't work the same way that it would with someone without hormone imbalance. And that is because of your base metabolic rate right here can be reduced up to 40%. So this graphic really helps me put into perspective because when we say 40%, you can see here, it's not 40% of your entire daily energy expenditure. It's 40% of the base metabolic rate. So what makes up our daily energy expenditure? That's our exercise activity, the effect of food. So the quality of food we're eating actually impacts how many calories we burn to break it down. High protein, high fiber, high veggies take more energy for our body than say a popsicle. Um, our non-exercise activities, so I usually count that as steps, and then the base metabolic rate. So what is base metabolic rate? Well, this is usually how much energy it takes for us to just lay in bed and like sit and breathe. Like that's it. Like not, not our exercise, not our food, any of that. So why is this down-regulated? There's a few reasons why, particularly around um, you know, blood sugar levels. It's harder for us to utilize food. So there's more sugar kind of circulating in our blood. But more than that, it's really due to having less lean muscle mass because, and this is where it gets confusing and, and things with PCOS can be really confusing. Women with PCOS have higher androgens, which means you should be able to put on muscle easier, but you also have a protein dysfunction, which means during an overnight fast, your body's far more likely to break down muscle tissue. So that's why your meal timing, your meal structure, the way that we eat protein and things throughout the day is extremely important to keep our muscle mass up so that we can then maintain our base metabolic rate. On top of that too, what we have to understand is that things like fatigue, things like inflammation make it harder to build and maintain muscle as well. So there's factors going into this, but I think a lot of times, women think that they're like completely different than someone without this, but we need to understand that these kind of scientific methods of, of how our body works still apply. It's just that things are tweaked and a little different. And when we can learn to kind of overcome that, it becomes way easier to build a program and really understand. So that's kind of the thing that I wanted to go over. Now, the good news here is that you also have superpowers with PCOS. So most women with PCOS have higher androgens, as I talked about. So you have the ability to put on more muscle. And that lean tissue increases your base metabolic weight, right? <laughs> Which is why weight, that was a tongue twister, why weight training improves insulin resistance. So um, the more we weight train and stay active through walking and, and daily steps, the more we're actually pulling the excess sugar in our blood from having high glucose and insulin resistance to allow us to lose weight too. So activity fitness is huge for PCOS. And this is why I'm often pulling my hair out when I see people online saying, just do these lightweight workouts, only do yoga. Like, like that sounds great to bring our stress down, which we know is a factor to bring our inflammation down, but we still need to utilize training to change our body. And if we aren't training in a way that changes our body, but accounts for these co-founding factors, going to be very hard to see results. So um, if you have a training program that accounts for your hormones, accounts for your recovery and your specific body needs, you're going to see far more results than just sitting and doing yoga every day. And again, I love yoga, but it needs to be an integrated program that's actually achieving the results that you're looking for in your body. 
So why is dieting the cause of hormonal imbalance? Well, as we talked about earlier in this call, eliminating foods that we crave and love leads to a lot of energy swings and moodiness. And cutting out carbs also creates this kind of mindset that food is inherently bad, right? Or these carbs are bad, the less you eat, it's better. But that's so far from the truth. Eating far too low of carbs can create more stress on the body, particularly like this is where I have issues with people that fast a lot in the morning. Your body can get used to it, but a lot of times it creates more stress on the body too. And this impacts your thyroid. It impacts that thyroid conversion we talked about earlier, which we definitely don't want if we already have a lower metabolic rate. So the people I see that struggle the most with weight loss resistance have both a thyroid and a PCOS issue. And they have a combination of both. And those can be very tricky to work through. But through the approach that we take in TFL, and if if anyone on this call has been through that, I just want you to know there is a way out. You're not stuck. I think a lot of people tell you, you know, you're stuck in this prison. You'll never never lose weight. and, And that's just so far from the truth. So what is weight loss resistance? Well, beyond just looking at the androgens and the lower metabolic rate, we also have to understand that estrogen dominance, which means either having too little or too much estrogen, can stop or make weight loss painfully slow as well. Estrogen dominance also has an impact on the thyroid and slows your metabolic rate, as well as that cortisol, which can impact the rate of recovery and body composition, making it very difficult for your body to lose fat um, and even contribute to body fat gain. So a lot of times when we're looking at specific hormones that are triggering weight loss, you'll hear me say a few things over and over. It tends to be stress. It tends to be blood sugar. It tends to be inflammation, um, which then triggers, you know, estrogen and thyroid issues as well. So now that we have this understanding around kind of stress and why that's such an underlying trigger, I now want to talk a bit about why your workouts are leaving you fat, miserable, and developing even more of a muffin top or belly. Now, when I was typing this, I was like, this sounds a little harsh, but these are the words that I hear you girls say to me all the time. So I want to know, are any of you kind of doing workouts at the moment and you feel like they're not really getting you the results that you want? Maybe you're putting in the work, but you're still seeing weight gain in your belly area. Maybe your body's getting puffy and inflamed and it's not actually dropping weight. Is this something that you've been experiencing? I'd love to know because I know when I'm uh, on Instagram and I'm chatting to some of you girls, I am hearing this. And so I know it's, I know it's a common thing that comes up. And I want to help you because nothing is more frustrating than going to the gym every day, putting in the work, doing everything you're told, yet not seeing a change, right? That like, it literally makes me put my hair out. Like, why is this happening? Um, And that was me for so many years. And so I, I don't want you to make the same mistakes. And there is kind of an art to training with PCOS. And it's it's kind of hard to explain, but I'll try to break this down in the next couple of slides. So as we probably already know, and if you don't, well, now you do. The problem with a lot of cardio or even too much weight training is it increases cortisol in your body, which causes that weight gain in your stomach area. Too much intensity, too much cardio will make that stress and PCOS worse. Your symptoms will be worse because your body's inflamed. Your stress will be high, which triggers issues. So that's why we have to be very careful when it comes to training with PCOS. But if we're doing too slow and too gentle of movements, 
I don't want to say they're bad, but they're not replacing the training that you're doing. Slow and gentle is great for the mind, right? I say a couple of days a week, do some yoga, do these things, but it's not in any way eliciting muscle growth, improving your metabolism, changing the shape of your body. So those things are great. And I think there's periods where we can pull back on training if we're going through a stressful time in our life. Um, but if you want to change your body, there is an art to training. And I'm going to explain to you how I've developed this, how we use the quick strength blueprint in TFL, um, and how we've been able to create amazing results in women with PCOS and really capitalize on those androgens because they are your superpower. And this is why we use quick strength workouts. So um, there's a lot of benefits because as we've talked about, your base metabolic rate is low. So when we work on strength, which is where your body really um, thrives, we're able to increase your lean mass, which it makes up for that base metabolic deficit. It also helps us manage fatigue because oftentimes when we're in the gym, we're very tired um, because we don't have a ton of available energy because of the blood sugar roller coaster we're on, but also because the training tends to cause that kind of stress response in our body. So we manage fatigue by doing these strength-based movements for lower reps, right? So we're in the gym fairly quick because the rep range is fairly low. Um, we're going for a couple sets. We're having long rest periods, 90 seconds to three, four minutes between workouts, between sets, which brings your stress level down, your heart rate down, and it allows your body to recover so you can really push for strength. And by doing this and, and being active and, and actually pushing our body, we improve our symptoms. We improve our insulin resistance. Not only that, but it's actually quick and fun, right? Like we get to feel excited because we're seeing our body change. We're seeing the weight go up in the gym. It's empowering. Um, but we're also removing all of what I call junk volume. And, and when I say junk volume, I just mean have you ever seen like these influencers doing these crazy band workouts or um, tons of like, like 20 reps of all these things? It's like, there's a point where we're not creating like stimulus to change anymore. It's just junk volume. And that's what often hurts you. So it's very, very strategic around how much volume we use, how to train. So our body changes while managing all these different kind of side effects that can get in the way. So um. Let me know, guys. I'm, I know I'm talking a lot. So if any of you have questions or um, anything you want to add, please feel free to leave it in the chat because I love answering your questions. I love going over these things. And I know I can just kind of ramble on sometimes and go on tangents. So <laughs> any specific questions, let me know. Um, now, with this strength training, the biggest thing we need to work on is going to be your recovery. So when there's a hormone imbalance, the body is not in homeostasis, right? It's not in balance. It's under a place of stress. It doesn't want to be in this hormone imbalance. And when we are in a state of chronic stress or recovery or no recovery, it can actually lead to hormonal dysfunction. So I actually see, and, and this may or may not relate, but I work with a lot of women with PCOS. I also work with a lot of women that have been misdiagnosed PCOS because PCOS is one pathway of hormones, but oftentimes we have, say, an irregular cycle or a body's chronically stressed, and it presents similar symptoms to PCOS it doesn't mean you have it. So a lot of women lose their cycle from being too stressed or overtraining, even if their weight isn't really low. Um, you can lose your cycle from that. You can have other like hormone imbalances like thyroid or estrogen dominance. Um, so I see quite a bit of this, but what I'm trying to get at here is oftentimes if you don't have PCOS, 
doing too much training or doing it the wrong way can actually trigger your body to have an imbalance as well. And that's why it's so important to understand that when you're dealing with resistant weight loss, going harder, doing more is preventing more recovery. It's leading to more chronic stress on your body um, and making it even harder to heal your hormonal dysfunction. So you're digging yourself deeper into a hole, which is very frustrating But as I've talked about before, there's a way to do this effectively. So effective training really means that there's enough volume to stimulate that muscle hypertrophy, but not so much that the body's unable to recover. So when we're kind of overtraining, that's where we see things happening where our body's more stressed. But when we're kind of in the safe spot that's optimal, like in the square, we're seeing that that's really where our body creates a change. And we manage this just like um, Danielle asked, what are the signs of triggering? It's the same thing. It's not just with food, but it's with training. We need to see how your body's recovering. If your symptoms are flaring up, if your fatigue's flaring up, if your body looks inflamed, these are all signs. So it does require us monitoring you each week to make sure that your body's actually responding the way it needs to. Um, That's going to be the biggest piece here. I wish I could say like so many girls ask me this, like, what is the magic solution? I wish this was like this beautiful formula. I could just say like A plus B equals C, here you go, do your workout. But it's not as simple as that. It's something that could change every week. You could be getting up earlier one week. You could be traveling for work and all these things could impact the way your body recovers. So it's very important we're paying close attention. Your body does require um, more of that one-on-one support when it comes to really understanding the changes that are happening. And the most important thing to understand here when it comes to training with PCOS is that your fitness goals and recovery goals are two very different things. I think we often think they're one of the same, but the only way to naturally heal your hormone imbalance is by doing what is specific to the goal of recovery, by giving your body what it needs versus what you want. And this can be a big mindset switch. And for any girls on here that may may know, because you've worked with me a bit, um, oftentimes we want to do more. We want to work harder. We think we need to cut all these foods. We think we need to kill ourselves in the gym. We think we need to be stressed to be productive. And oftentimes what we really need is to chill the crap out and like give our body a break bring those stress hormones down and we start seeing things really start to change. And I know it sounds counterintuitive because we're told, you know, do more, do more. The doctor's saying you need to eat less. Like everyone's telling you you're not doing enough, but trust me, I've been through it. I hear you. I'm dealing with the same thing myself sometimes. And, And the best thing I can tell you is sometimes we actually need to give our body what it needs, not what we want to give it. So Some quick tips, and if you girls are kind of new to this, I recommend maybe getting a piece of paper if you want to screenshot this. Um, These are going to be some simple tips for working out recovery, basic principles that are going to really help you with training with PCOS. So um, monitoring your heart rate. So your heart rate does not determine if you've had a good workout or not. Actually, we do not want to get a heart rate super high. So staying away from the max heart rate when we're doing a workout is important minimizing or removing all high intensity, which would look like things like Orange Theory or CrossFit. Again, too much stress on our body. Pulling down excessive cardio sessions. One thing I do with a lot of the girls I work with, I think one to two sessions a week, if if we're not in that max zone, is great because it's good for our heart health and we want to be healthy. 
But I much rather have my girls focus on things like steps because that's going to increase your energy expenditure, help with your blood sugar dysregulation, but also do it in a way that's quite calming. And you can do things you enjoy, like going for a beautiful walk in nature, going to a park, going, if you love shopping, go to the mall and walk around the mall, go to an art museum. There's, there's ways to get your steps that are joyful. Um, think about when you're, if you've been to Disneyland, like you get like 20,000 steps without even thinking about it. So find ways to be moving that you enjoy, if that's dancing, whatever it is you're going to find that brings your stress down, especially if you're in nature and getting outside. Um, we want to make sure we're not doing any AMRAP, so as many reps as possible. Um, that's a term typically used in CrossFit. And try not to push our body to complete failure. So our last few sets should be burning when we're working out, but we should not be going to complete failure because that will trigger too much of fatigue on our muscle. So training each body part, I often suggest once, maybe twice a week, depending on your training split. Um, for example, I often have women do like two upper, two lower days. So we're hitting a muscle part twice, but we have a good rest day in between. Um, if you're doing more of like a bodybuilder style split, you'll hit each muscle group once per week um, and focusing on some lower impact exercises. The biggest thing is taking that recovery time between your sets um, and leaving at least I would say three reps in the tank when performing your reps and sets. So if we're not going to complete failure, you might have a couple more reps left. That's a really great place for you to stop because you're not overstressing the muscle. You're not causing too much of a stimulus. Now we do want to see weight increase over time. But again, we have to monitor that recovery. So um, sometimes we do push ourselves and we realize, hey, I did too much. I need to chill out and let my body recover a little. And that is okay as well. Giving yourself grace during this phase is, is very important. So here's just an example kind of split of how I would set up a day or a week, depending on how things go. Um, so Mondays, I'd have a lower day. We tend to put your most strenuous training day on day one because you've had the weekend off. You've had some recovery. You're ready to go in and crush that, that heavier day. Um, Tuesday is upper. Wednesday is a low impact walk or yoga. So active recovery. Thursday, another recovery day. I love doing two recovery days midweek because oftentimes if you're working, if you've been training hard, you get pretty stressed and burnt out by midweek. Friday, Saturday, do a lower upper day and Sunday is off. An alternate to this is to shift that Friday, Saturday up to Thursday, Friday. If you're someone that's very busy on weekends and likes to travel, it's totally okay as well. Um, but some women I also find, and this is why it's so individual, prefer training on the weekend because they aren't as busy with work and they can take their time and they get to try out a new gym where they're traveling and whatever it is there. So um, making sure on top of this, you're getting a lot of movement each day through your steps and doing things in a low impact, low stress way but trying not to do any hit or intense cardio whenever possible. Now, other considerations we for your reps and sets, we don't want any crazy jumping, no plyometrics, no high impact movement, two to three exercises per muscle group, three to four sets um, for each exercise. Again, reps in reserve about three or RPE seven, if you know those scales, essentially you should be able to do about three reps remaining at the end of your um, set. Um, taking long rest periods as we've talked about and I actually find that there's kind of um, I'm trying to think of the term I'm looking for here but there's a point of like less benefit there's there's a saying and I just it's gone from my mind but essentially um, anything more than 45 minutes I often find is is not any more beneficial so I find that going into 45 minutes doing these 
quick strength-based movements done in 45, hitting all those muscle groups, hitting those weights, and then actually spending the remaining time, um, you know, on a treadmill, getting steps in or something like that. And maybe that gets you an hour, hour and a half in total. Um, but I would say that lifting weights does not necessarily need to be more than 45 minutes. Um, we're not trying to add too much volume. And oftentimes, what makes your workouts take long and you girls probably know what I'm talking about is when you play on your phone and you take, um, get distracted or, you know, you're not actually focused. So focus on your workouts, make it efficient. Think about your mind muscle connection. You'll see amazing results and you won't need to be in the gym that long. Um, I'm pretty much never working out more than 45 minutes at a time. All right, before I move into the lifestyle side, I just want to ask if any of you have questions around the training side of things comments, anything that I should go over um, before we move into lifestyle. Anyone? All right. So if you do have questions, leave them there. I know the chat's a little delayed, but I will um, start moving into the lifestyle component here. So along with your training, and I think you're going to see a common theme through all these topics I'm talking about, um, but through your training, you're going to realize that stress is almost always the biggest culprit for hormone imbalance, whether it's training related, whether it's diet related, or whether it's our lifestyle related. So for many of us, our lifestyle is causing fatigue and burnout, which is one of the biggest things holding us back. This is hard to address. This is hard to accept, but we need to see how stress plays a role on blood sugar. So um, when it comes to blood sugar, our body needs it readily available when we go into that fight or flight mode. So if we're stressed, our body doesn't know the difference of having a work deadline and a tiger coming to eat us, right? So if something is coming to attack us, we're stressed out and our body goes in the fight or flight. The same thing, oh, I have this deadline. I have to respond to that email. I have a bill due. Like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm going to be late. Your body goes into that same response. So your body naturally thinks, I need to go fight this wild animal. I need to attack it or I need to run away. So I need sugar in my blood so that my muscles can use it to get energy to go run and fight. That's literally what our body's thinking. And I think when we break it down like that, it makes a lot more sense because what is happening is when we go into this, it blocks your body from releasing insulin, which causes blood glucose to pile up in your blood, right? So now we've got tons of sugar in our blood. Now, if we're stressed for long periods of time, which some of you are, right? We're living a stressed lifestyle, working every day. We're not taking time for self-care. This sugar level builds up and builds up and builds up. Now, cortisol increases blood sugar and can cause your body to break down muscle and fat cells and convert them into sugar as well. So not only is this happening where our blood sugar is getting released because our body's trying to fight an animal, um, but cortisol is catabolic in nature. So when we're stressed, our body thinks, okay, like I need sugar right now. Muscle weighs a lot. It takes a lot of energy. It's not really important for me to be building and repairing. I need to break down that muscle because protein, totally advanced topic here, but protein turns into sugar when it breaks down um, through gluconeogenesis. So the aminos get converted into sugar. So our body actually breaks down muscle to try and get more sugar into its bloodstream as well. And that's why when we see women with PCOS, even if you're not even if you're eating low carb, but you have high blood sugar, it's coming from that breakdown of muscle tissue and your body converting proteins into sugar as well, which is a whole other topic, which I can get into. It's very advanced when it comes to um, blood sugar and PCOS. 
is this making sense? I know this can get a little advanced for you girls. Um, but I think for me, the biggest thing when it comes to PCOS is I want to get rid of that misinformation. I want you to really understand how your body works, why things aren't, aren't working. And when you understand, you truly feel empowered and, and that things will work for you because you know why now, you know why those things that have been wrong and, and weren't working. So this is often, like I said, why you can have high blood sugar, even though maybe you haven't ate for hours and hours because your body is naturally making it now. Your body's breaking down proteins and turning it into sugar. And this is why we don't need to cut carbs. Like cutting carbs actually can be very dangerous for us because your body, instead of cutting carbs and removing them, we need to increase the sensitivity to it so that your cells can start responding and getting the sugar into them that they actually need. Because right now your cells are starving. There's sugar in your blood, but it's not getting into the cells for your body to use. That's also why you can have high blood sugar levels, but feel like you have low blood sugar or feel dizzy between meals. So how do we improve our blood sugar levels? Well, I recommend that you aim to eat a balance of protein, carbs, and fats every three hours. Um, Doing this while keeping your stress down, improving your metabolic rate by bringing it up, incorporating things such as yoga and meditation and deep breathing, cutting out toxic people from your life. So again, this sounds abstract, but it plays a role when we think about stress in our lifestyle. So um, if there's people around that are negative, that are always bringing you down, why are you surrounding yourself with them? Like, I want you to audit your life here. Um, Even unfollow accounts or you can mute people so you don't have to fully unfollow them. Um, So something I, I go through when I'm scrolling Instagram, like, did that actually help me or am I comparing myself? Am I feeling bad after this? Like, why, why is that triggering me? And and I just mute people. And it's a really great way for you to realize, like, you don't have to expose yourself to anything except things that make your life feel better. Um, Going to therapy is huge for reducing mental stress, meditating, nourishing your body by actually eating enough, not starving yourself, auditing your exercise, like we talked about, pre-planning your meals and snacks, because if you undereat for long periods of time, that does stress your body out and potentially lead to overeating or binging as well. Um, and eating those balanced meals really do help um, to manage stress, but also manage cravings. And cravings are another thing that definitely can be hard with PCOS. So I do recommend adding in mindfulness activities. So this could look like meditation. There's an app I really love called um, Insight Timer. The reason I suggest Insight Timer is that it is free. So a lot of apps like Calm and and things like that, they are not free. So um, that's fine. But for me, like, you know, I like to try lots of different ones and I don't want to commit to one. So um, I love Insight Timer because it's kind of like, a. I don't know if any of you have used it, but it's kind of like social media for meditation. So you can search any topic, any length of time. You can do an automatic like little peace bowl thing where they ding and you just meditate. Um, But for me, I find it really helps using the guided ones around certain topics. Like if I'm having a bad body image day, you can have a a body image um, guided meditation. If I'm having a work stress day, you can, you know, finding peace and acceptance or grieving. They have different topics. And I find this really helpful. Um, A lot of us struggle with meditation, which is understandable. It's very, it's actually very challenging, but there's no right or wrong. And I think if we can just do it, even if it's five minutes, even if it's two minutes, make a goal to just start every day. And you'll notice this is by far one of the things like I can give you all the science. I can give you the perfect training. I can give you the perfect nutrition. But the thing is, is we need to attack your mind if we want this whole system to work together. 
Now, some other things that I do recommend is having kind of a kind of stress and recovery toolkit. So these are some goals I tell many of my clients to do. Try and get a massage once per week, work on those breathing techniques or meditating. Hot and cold therapy is great for this as well. I love going to the sauna and the cold plunge, if any of you have that. Um, Reading a book. I'm a total book nerd. I love reading. So obviously I'm going to promote this, but um, the biggest thing is actually getting away from blue light at night. So um, going in and maybe reading a book instead of scrolling or instead of watching TV at night can really help with sleep and stress as well as getting your step count target. So um, knowing that again, cardio in the gym is stressful. That's why I think getting outside, listening to a podcast or audio book, putting on your favorite songs, dancing outside, like getting your steps in through movement is a really great way to manage stress and and bring happiness in. And there's even research around um, exposure to light, like outside and how that impacts our happiness and stress, as well as exposure to red light, like red light therapy. Um, So those are some things you can add in as well. Sophia made in the comments. I love that. I want to start meditating to connect to your mind and body, even if it's like a minute or two a day, I think building up kind of that momentum there can be a game changer for you. So I think that's a really great idea, Sophia. Highly recommend adding that in. Alrighty, so that is it when it comes to the pieces for stress. I am going to do a Q&A in just a second. I just remind wanted to remind all of you that I will be sending the link to the 30 days of workouts and recipes if any of you want to do this. For anyone in this chat that doesn't already have these resources um, or is a client and they already have workouts, you can still look at the recipes um, and make use of these resources. So I will go through that. Um, But before then, I also wanted to just break down TFL. So I know there's a few girls in here that are already in the program, Um, but I wanted to just give you kind of a quick overview of how it works. Um, More than happy to share more details with you if you're interested, but essentially we use a lot of the frameworks that I've talked in here today. um, And we really go in and we make this a quick 90 day process to help you lose your first 15 to 25 pounds in those 90 days. And we do this through that metabolic reset. So the metabolic reset gets your body responding to the diet again. So healing from the inside out, reversing that metabolic dysfunction, improving acne, bloating, hair growth, all those symptoms we don't like with PCOS. Um, We go in, we figure out your PCOS type and what your root causes are. This potentially is through lab work, through questionnaires. Um, And then after we've got your body responding and, and everything's healed up, we then go in and we teach you a flexible method. So how to eat the foods you love, um, how to manage cravings, to balance your blood sugar, skyrocket your energy, all without cutting out gluten and dairy and doing that with our quick strength blueprint. So as I talked a bit about today, but we build it all based on you and the feedback that you need on a week by week basis. So you can get those results you want. So um, just a quick little spiel about TFL for any of you that are curious that are on here. Um, And we do actually only have six spaces left for the month of August, which is crazy to me that August is already like coming up. Um, So we are enrolling for August start dates now. So if this is something you're interested in, you can direct message me on Instagram or email me after this call. Happy to share some more details. Um, Anyone that's even interested in the program, happy to just hop on a quick 10 minute call. No pressure. I'm not going to try and sell you, but just answer questions that you have and make sure you're a good fit. We're very picky with TFL about who we work with because we have such a great community. So um, any of the girls in this chat that can vouch for it, you know, um, if you are just interested at all, let's get a quick chat. And if you do want to sign up, we can schedule a longer call. We can go through details there, but I just want to get to know you and see if I can even help because end of the day, that's where my passion is. So I'm going to open the floor up now for you girls. 
and any questions that you may have. So if anyone wants to go ahead and ask away, fitness training, nutrition, sharing how this has worked for you, any of that, feel free to um, unmute yourself or leave it in the chat if you're not in a position to uh, unmute yourself right now. I actually, I do have a question. Um, it's regarding nutrition. So I am very guilty of falling in love with meals and literally eating them for like three months straight <laughs> and not switching anything. Like my roommate always makes fun of me because I literally buy like the same six ingredients every time I go to the grocery store, it makes it really easy. But is there a benefit to cycling out the different foods? Am I, am I jeopardizing myself by eating the same things literally for months on end? Yes and no. So I think it's important to understand that like everyone, the psychology and then the nutrient component are two different questions to answer, right? So from a psychology standpoint, some people struggle with eating the same thing time and time again, because they get sick of it. But other people like you, you're busy, you don't have time, you would love this meal, it's easy, it's your staple. I'm a big believer that staple meals, at least in the short run, allow you to kind of effortlessly hit your targets over and over. So from that standpoint, which I know you already know, it's like, it makes things easier. But from a nutrition standpoint, they do find that the most diverse diets tend to have the most nutrients, right? So if you're eating the same one vegetable like asparagus every day, um, we see a lot of gut issues in, in people like bodybuilders that only eat chicken, broccoli, and rice every meal. And that's because your gut thrives off of diversity in, in the bacteria, but in the nutrients as well. So I think it's fine if you have these meals, but you know, rotating maybe the veggies in them. And that's something that I like to do. I love eating simple. I love my staple meals just like you. But every few weeks I swip, swatch out, swap, swap out, gosh, tongue twister, <laughs> um, the fruit or the veggies that I'm using. So for example, in my oh, Maybe one week I use strawberries, one week I use blueberries, one week I use raspberries. That way I'm getting different nutrients, but it's still kind of the same meal. Or maybe I make tacos, but you know, one week I use like spinach and another week I use like mixed greens, the other I use cabbage, like swapping out your nutrients. I think the base of the meal doesn't need to change, but diversity there. And then of course our fiber intake as well, which will play a big role. Thank you. That's good. That's good insight. I I do need to switch it up. (laughs) Yeah. But also like if it works for you, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. You know, I I think it's, it's not a black and white answer. Everyone's different. I've found through all the women I've worked with, there's kind of a sweet spot where if we can have kind of a set menu of like, these are five or six dinners. I love these are five or six lunches. I love these are five or six breakfasts. I love. And then we have a set menu for the week, but then we rotate which of those meals every couple weeks, it allows you Mm -hmm. to have kind of these staples, but it also allows you to have a bit of flexibility when you get sick of them. Most people can stick to the same meals for five to six days. Um, I find for myself, like a great structure is Monday through Friday, eat the exact same thing every day. I'm busy. I'm working. I don't want to think about it. I love my meals. They're not boring meals. They're fun meals that I love. Like, you know, my s'mores oats or um, healthy um, pizza or tacos, like they're not boring meals. Um, And then by the weekend, I'm a little bit more flexible. I don't eat out all my meals, but maybe I go to the store and I cook a dinner at home. It's different than the set meal plan. Or maybe I go out for a breakfast um, instead of having just my oats in the morning. Those are the things that I kind of do to add flexibility, but still stick to kind of taking the guesswork out. Because oftentimes Mm -hmm. trying to be too flexible and guessing too much, especially on those busy weekdays, is what throws us off. Thanks. 
Yeah, of course. Um, Danielle in the chat said, any tips for fighting sugar cravings? So we have to understand what's the root of the sugar cravings. So there's a lot of things that could be triggering this. Um, first could be, like we talked about earlier, your stress, because stress impacts sugar cravings as well as sleep. So I would first tackle your stress and sleep before anything else, because those tend to be two of the biggest triggers. Um, from there, if we do have blood sugar imbalances, like high insulin or um, insulin resistance, then what happens is our body is going to crave sugar more because it's not getting what it needs. So how do we get rid of that craving once we've managed stress and um, sleep? Well, we then go and we make sure we're eating very balanced meals with high levels of fiber. So when we have a protein, a carb, a fat, and a fiber in a meal, it slows down our digestion of that food. So we're not seeing these crazy spikes and drops in blood sugar levels. So I'd first audit where you're getting sugar from, where you're craving it. Um, if you're drinking a lot of sugary drinks, processed foods, likely you're spiking your blood sugar a lot and it's not staying stable throughout the day. So by balancing your plate throughout the day, eating enough fiber, having enough protein, oftentimes I just take clients that are eating like sugary cereal for breakfast and we increase the fiber in the meal, we add a fat and a protein, suddenly their cravings are gone and they stay full all day. And they're actually telling me, I'm, I'm eating so much food, I'm too full now. And it's like, we just needed to change the type of food and how your body responds. Um, doesn't mean we can't have those things in moderation, but when we address that kind of blood sugar dysregulation, it becomes a lot easier to adhere to the diet. So that would be my biggest suggestion there when it comes to sugar cravings. I actually have an entire workshop I want to do on quitting sugar addictions. I think I'll probably do that in a couple, maybe next month, maybe in August, end of August. I do it once a year. I haven't done it this year yet. So I think that'll be really fun. And it's crazy because I built that out like two years ago and I've learned so much since. So I think revamping it and doing another free kind of webinar because I love this stuff. I love teaching you girls um, and I love helping all of you. Any other questions? Yes, no, forever hold your peace. <laughs> Oh, this has been so great, girls. I've been really loving um, getting to know you all. I'm going to share, as I promised, the link for the workouts here. Let me just get back to the screen share. So here is the link. I'll actually put it in the chat as well. Um, so you just go to tflmethod.com slash lean and tone. You'll be able to get a link and download the 30 days of workouts and the symptom reverse playbook and the 30 days of food. So those are all meals that I love, just like we've kind of chatted about here. Um, fun recipes that are healthy, delicious, balanced for your plate, higher in protein, balancing your carbs. Um, the workouts, again, they're not, I'm just going to say, I can give you 30 days in this little pamphlet, but it's not tailored to you and your body and how it recovers. So it'll get you in the door and get you kind of a feel for what you need to do for 30 days. But just know there's so much more that um, kind of goes into it, uh, as we explained in this call. And then the symptom reverse playbook goes into each type of PCOS you could potentially have and things, supplements that you can do to, to help manage that as well. So thank you all so much. I put that link in the chat there. So go ahead and download that before I end the call. Click on the link so that way um, you have it. I won't be posting it after. Um, yeah, and thank you all so much. This has been so amazing. If you do have questions about TFL or anything I went over today that you're just not sure of, shoot me a message. More than happy to answer, um, give you some feedback there. And hopefully um, this gets your foot in the door and getting you some results and overcoming that overwhelm that we often see when we see mixed information online. So thank you all for joining and we will talk very soon.
Bye. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, of course. See ya. Right, thank, thank you, you Anna. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.